Time for more Netflix and chill. Welcome to the Wise Men's Day podcast as we continue our deep dive looking at Sunderland Till I Die. It is myself, Roy Fallow and Matthew Keelan back for episodes seven and eight as we look at the end, thankfully the end of that horrible championship season, Matthew. I know, what a season. <laughs> Probably my favourite ever. I mean, this season maybe could have been more hilarious had it not been... Well, may probably cut short, if we're honest with ourselves. Cut short or... It just means we'll get a suntan when it all <laughs> falls apart this year. I mean, that's that's being optimistic as far as I'm concerned, but despite the pandemic, the content never stops. <laughs> never. The way you had to keep you entertained through it by reviewing the Netflix series of the worst series, the worst season rather in our history. Um, so, like I say, we're here for episodes seven and eight as we look through. It's it's the same before we start recording, Matthew. Episode seven's like. There's a lot going on. It's it's really heavy. Episode seven, isn't it? Yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot crammed in. Really, it sort of really brings back the like how bad we were, but then also like the it might be okay. It wasn't okay, was it? No. Like, and <laughs> um, you've got like some real like ha- weirdly some like highs, some like high points in there, yeah. and then shattering lows. Like <laughs> like really like oh no, this is really bad. Think, really bad. I think, like with the with the start of the episode, they kind of set up how it is going to be a heavy one with an opening at a funeral directors, no. which is very apt, really, for not just the the season but the club, really, isn't it? Much reading the last rites on the on the club. When, <laughs> to be fair, and we've not really been resuscitated, have we? No, we haven't. We haven't, indeed. And well, we'll get to how you know. Mid- the the end of the the seat the Netflix series makes it seem like everything's going to be all right, but uh, we'll we we'll let you decide whether it was all right or not. <laughs> but, but before we get to there, we yep. In terms of football, it opens with the one one draw away at a Millwall. Where little mention for Brian Oviedo's goal in that game as well. Absolute absolutely lovely hit. Oh, it was a great goal. I was that was my stag do. Oh, of course. Yeah, uh, yeah, of course. It was. Um, I was away and. uh we tried to find obviously we tried to find it. We didn't we went to Leuven and now uh, we ended up watching Spurs were playing or something and we checked the I think one of the lads had bought the stream <laughs> on the phone and like watching it. It was like, oh, no one was really watching it. But yeah. it was like, Oh, great, I want to go on. I was like, Oh we uh, we played quite well and Steele played really well. Yeah, it shows actually Steele making like a really good save because they like I think Oviedo scored after what, about twenty minutes, half That's an hour. Half, yeah. And it's remember that Millwall towards the end of the half had like a flurry of chances and should have gone in 1-1 yeah. and it sh- and like you say Steele did really well and it shows him making a really good save he did he played really well and it was like <clears throat> like oh because I can't, I can't remember if he'd been in the team for a few games up to there but he um, he, he'd done really well in that game and it was like ah oh, right well if we can you know if, we, if he can learn how to catch the ball, we might have a, might have a chance. Did you go on to that one? No, I didn't go to that one. Um, never been to Millwall's ground, actually, no, the so den. Yeah. yeah. Not really good for the two softest lads no, in Sunderland, I'd, me and you, is it? You'd have to go with Mick. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we have stood, we have mouthed off it in a away game once. Yeah. Have we told this story I on the pod before? Like, when we went to Bradford away and... We were being, this was last season under Jack Ross when we won 2-1. Um, McLaughlin saved the penalty and all that. And power we mm-hmm. Power sent off, yeah, of course. And we were, we were. if anyone else had saw, if I had seen us acting like that, we were acting like we twats, were weren't we? Very annoying, the height of our 
annoyingness. If anything, maybe the start of our annoyingness. Yeah, actually. it was the first sort of. It was a big weekend away for the away. podcast, yeah, lads, wasn't it? Um, and I think I told a, a Bradford fan that we bought the best player and didn't we didn't even need him. <laughs> yeah, and we were singing. We, we were singing. Yeah, we were singing. Who the fuck is Charlie White? Like really loudly, really not being subtle. Ma- peak mouthing off, brass, wasn't it? Like really brash and like, like just poor behaviour, really, yeah. to be honest. But yeah, then anyway, so we were like some bloke in, insulted us by saying, well, Newcastle's a better night out in Sunderland anyway. And like, obviously, Bradford is a much better night out than Leeds. <laughs> so he said, uh, <clears throat> so I can't remember what he replied with, but then he said he was going to get the boys or something. And then so we just hid behind Mick. And Mick, but to be fair, Mick stepped in front of us as well. Mick, I think. He, Mick was very much, he's younger than both of us. So we're so <laughs> pathetic, aren't we? 28 years old. <laughs> <laughs> Nicola Bean. 20, well, Mick's 24 now. Literally. <laughs> like, yeah, just, yeah, he said Newcastle's a better night out than Sunderland. And I lived in Newcastle at the time. Yeah. I was like, I was like, yeah, it probably is. And, you know, Leeds is a better night out than Bradford. And we are going to, we stayed in Leeds that night. <laughs> I got a taxi to Leeds because Northern Rail were on strike. Yes, oh, of course we did. And he did say Liam Gallagher tights to you, if you remember oh, that, because you were wearing a pair of skinny jeans. Skinny jeans, yeah, not as skinny as these ones that I've got on now. <laughs> it's an audio medium, mate. No, well, I've got stri- <laughs> pinstriped trousers on there. And yeah, we hid behind Mick, which we would have to do if we went to Millwall. Um, <laughs> that's very early for a tangent. That was a tangent. <laughs> that was a tangent. But that was, that was fun. That was nicer times. Um, it moves on from that Millwall game, because... We played that four three three with McGeady and McManaman wide of uh, Ashley Fletcher, I believe, mm. and it goes on to McGeady criticising Coleman for his tactics and how he's not really like putting in enough, like giving them enough knowledge of the systems he wants to play and everything like. That. And it does make you think: was Coleman a bit too nice, a bit too laid back? Mm. Because McGeady goes on to say. He's you know he's coming into the training ground saying we weren't very good, but like we move on. A player like McGeady looks like he responds to a bit of a bollocking yeah. rather than an arm around a shoulder, doesn't he? I think if McGeady's saying that as well, like, then you must be too nice. Like, McGeady's not and matters as a sort of person who's gonna want to be like worked into the ground and like. So yeah. I think if McGeady's saying that about you, then yeah, there's there's obvi- there's obviously something. Like McGeady, like for all his faults, he's, you know he's played under several managers. He's he's played under, but then again, obviously Parkinson didn't like him, did he? No. Um, so obviously Jack Ross did and Grayson did so he's sort of 50-50 really yeah. isn't he with, with managers he's obviously a bit of a knob McGeady like obviously of his career he's he sort of he never really yeah he, <clears throat> he could have really done a lot a lot more with himself if, if we're honest oh absolutely um, but uh, there, there's obviously something in it from both, from both sides really like yeah. Yeah, I would agree. Um, and but maybe like to defend Coleman a little bit, he's maybe coming in. He's seeing that everyone's on the floor, the morale's quite low, and he's just because he is quite a cheerleader. He likes to keep everyone upbeat, and I guess that works from at Wales as well. If you think, you know, let's not forget the circumstances. Obviously, much worse circumstances. He took over the Wales job because it was after Gary Speed well, passed course, away. Yeah. So he's having to like lift the squad like from that. So I don't know. Maybe he's thought. I've had this sort of winning formula of mm. positivity, positivity, positivity. And I don't think Coleman, you know, I'm not saying he's like blameless in our relegation, there were things that he did wrong. But I don't think that was probably the thing that went wrong. It was more like we couldn't get any 
decent players in as much as anything, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean, look what we did bring in. And... <laughs> well, <laughs> <laughs> well, one player we did bring in was Ashley Fletcher. This episode focuses on quite heavily. Really good bit as well where you just see Corman on the train and crown and he just goes, get in the box, you big fucker, to Fletcher, <laughs> which I re- really enjoyed. Seeing the heart, maybe needed more of that, yes, actually. Yeah. bit more of calling people oh, big fuckers. Yeah. <laughs> Loads of words that I'm probably not going to say. <laughs> well, yeah, well, don't say them then, if that's the case. Say them if you want. <laughs> but you see, like, Fletcher's having this crisis of confidence as well, and you know, all, the, all the staff are, like, bigging him up, like, his attitude and stuff mm. like that for being quite positive. And one thing the documentary does really well, we said this when we were reviewing episodes three and four, is it gets the human side across really well. And you're seeing this with Fletcher, aren't you? Really young kid not very experienced and because we can't really get anyone else and we desperately need a striker he's the one tasked with coming in to save us and he's just probably like he must have been feeling like such a weight on his shoulders must he <laughs> well it's not the loan movie once is it no. like i mean he's middlesbrough bought him from west ham for loads of money so there's already pressure on him there he hasn't really played no and then at that point, really, he wants to be ideally going to probably a League One team that's near the top of the league. Probably West, scoring. West <clears throat> spent what about? I think about. Uh, sorry, because he was at Middlesbrough. Well, he sorry, was at Man United, and then yeah. West Ham got him, and he only played about ten games yeah. or something. For and then Middlesbrough bought him for like eight million quid or something, right? which was just really weird. But then what he needed was a loan move where he's probably going to score a lot of goals, yeah. even at a level below, just to you know. Pick himself up. Yeah. <laughs> Came to the, like, the worst team in the Football League, mm-hmm. really. Because yeah, yeah. anybody would have beaten us that season. We were yeah. deplorable. Apart from Wolves, the team who got promoted to yeah, the Premier League. Wolves. Apart from Wolves, yeah. <laughs> um, just bizarre, isn't Hilariously, it? just really funny. Like, Again, we're getting, we're getting ahead of ourselves. We, we'll, we'll get to the hilarity of, uh, of Wolves when, when we get to episode eight. Um, the game moves on then to the game against Aston Villa, which was just such a... Grim, grim night. 3 0 defeat, and we get the return of Lewis Graben. Again, McGeady's laying into Coleman for the fact that he let Graben go. And, you know, he maybe has a bit of a point. You're not getting along with him, but you've got to manage those players. And it is surprising given that, like, you know, Coleman's managed these players like Gareth Bale, Adam Ram. Uh, Aaron Ramsey. I called him Adam Ramsey on the last podcast. Yeah, but, like, it's, it's surprising that he couldn't get that out of Graben, isn't it? Yeah. Ah. It's, but- <laughs> It's weird, isn't it? Because, like, Graben had, Graben had obviously scored, like, 11 goals or something. And I think when you... It is surprising, because especially when you, like, when you've... <laughs> Frank, do you, I think Frank wants to say something. I think Frank, well, Frank knows he was on the last yeah. part and he really wants to get involved again. Fair play. Fair, fair, fair agree. Um, no, I think, especially when you've sort of managed internationally as well, you don't have that much choice. So no, you you yeah, you, yeah. you you think well you'd have to kind of get on with your best players regardless of whether you like them or not and it was strange that he couldn't get the best out of Graben and Graben obviously hated him and he, yeah. he just comes across as a twat though doesn't he <laughs> to be honest yeah yeah like when he's he's asked because we see him in an episode um, which Chris Richard and Gareth have already covered we see him sort of coming back but he. Like the smile he has when he when he goes on about scoring against, and you saw it in his celebration when he cupped his ear. Like, let's don't get us wrong. He was 
arguably our best player that season, and, he, and he was our top scorer, wasn't well he? Well, stayed up if he if he if he stayed. Yeah. Like, <laughs> for, like we because we were terrible, and he scored. Tw- I don't know. I don't know how many goals he scored, but he certainly got, got eleven goals. goals. Yeah, and like the team was terrible. Like even I think we in the time he was here, we'd won two games, and he scored eleven goals. So like you know, you say he gets twenty goals. You, you're probably not getting relegated if someone's scoring you 20 goals. Yeah, because there was like a few narrowish results in there. If you think of like towards the end of the season, we went away, wow. went away to Leeds and drew 1-1 and that went played really well against Leeds actually. And, you know, again, we just couldn't. McNair scored a goal from a tight angle, a little bit out of nothing. Mm. We just didn't really have that little bit extra in the final third. So, Redden, you just mentioned, is a good one. Norwich game at home. Yes. McGeady missing the penalty. And Craven was quite a reliable penalty taker as well. Like there was this, like they were all in the space of a few weeks, yeah. and like you turned, you won two of them. You put, I don't know how many points you got relegated by the end seven or something. But you won two of them. You going into the last few games, probably going to give yourself a chance to stay up. And that's the thing. Like as much as we did have a terrible season, and we'll always remember it horribly. We had plenty of chances to get out of it, and we didn't take them, as will be actually really exemplified by the time we get to the end of, of this episode. <laughs> um, but before that, we we see that we lose to QBR, but they don't show the best bit, which we, we, we have told the story on the banter pod, but do you want to give a brief synopsis of, of just what we mean by the best bit? Uh, Jason Steele getting sent off. Yes. Absolutely. Which was the funniest thing I've ever seen at a football match. <laughs> For the full story on Matthew's experience of that, go back and listen to the Banter 11 uh, podcast, which released in December, did we? Yeah. Yeah, it was just before Christmas, wasn't it? So go back. Two like, occasions in the first 10 minutes of this pod where I've nearly been filled in at a football match. <laughs> so there's, there's your... Uh, there's your brief synopsis. <laughs> yeah, it's a very good story. So you should go back and listen to the Banter Pod anyway, the Banter 11 of the decade that we did. But there's another extra incentive if you haven't heard it already. Um, but we just quick, quickly see that defeat to QBR and it does a similar when we lose to Preston at home, which mm. actually that was one of the most angry I've been because that was when it was like really setting in. We were just losing these games at home so pathetically, weren't we? It was freezing cold. I got home from that game. I was so cold, I went and have a bath to warm up. And I just sat in it for an hour, fuming. Like, just sat and had an angry bath. Like, you had fans in the bath. No, I was that, like, I, I think that made us more angry because I got in the bath. I was like, oh, I don't even have a beer. <laughs> and then, like, I didn't want to get out and get one. Like, oh, it was just, just crap, really crap. And then after that little sort of kind of montage of those, the montage of defeats, we go back to the church again. It's like ramping up the sort of enormity of how much the club means to the city, you know, the the priest who's the the club chaplain as well, um, who famously gave a something shirt to the Pope, didn't he? <laughs> um, says, like, the stadium's like a mega church for the city. And it's, it's really good, isn't it, Matt? That's like getting across the enormity of it all, isn't it? It's something the documentary does really, really well. Yeah, it does do it really well. And, like, it's true, isn't it? Like, you think, well... The football club, the city is the football club. Yeah. Like, no, you look at it now, no one's got anything to do. <laughs> Like yeah, yeah. we're doing this <laughs> to provide <laughs> to provide things for people to do and listen to, and it's about football. Yeah, like we, it was just it, like genuine. Everyone was just miserable, and like even last season, obviously it didn't end the way we wanted to, but even the city was a bit more positive. Like the people, like day to day, like we were winning games yeah. at least. Like we just you were going to match, 
and you would we lost every we just lost every game and we were we I always meet Mantle before the game and with the few times last it wasn't last like of this yeah. this season yeah. the championship season was like you hope you really considering should we just stay in the pub because we're gonna get beat it's gonna be rubbish it's March it's gonna be cold and. We could just stay in here and have a nice time. Like the best bit of the day was before and after the match, and yeah. no one wanted to go, and that is really sad. It is, and even that was sort of thinning out, wasn't it? Like uh, one thing that I'd not forgotten, but forgotten what the scale of it like was, and really brings it home when you watch something until I die is how low the crowds were getting yeah. at home, and it's really sad to see. And thankfully, that's I like, came up a little bit. Like even this season, the fact that we're getting around thirty thousand is phenomenal and last season were obviously a little bit higher but it just like because you're just getting like a win now the majority of the time Sorry. at home it's all you need to do really isn't it people just want to go and have a like a <coughs> reasonable time not, not everyone does like go out before the game and after the game to have the yeah have the social aspect of it some people go on their own like that's all they do they might not see anybody other than going to match and if they're going and getting like be three nil at home with brentford like no one's gonna enjoy it, whereas now they're going on their own. If they're seeing us beat in Lincoln three 0 great. Like they can go home happy, have the tea happy, yeah. watch Ant Dex Saturday night take away. <laughs> There's no audience. Oh very god, good. yeah. <clears throat> very very happily, but it's like, yeah, it's just it's a strange one because when when we're crap, we seem to be really bad. Yeah, we do. <laughs> we do do extremes, don't we? And that. That show that shines through massively. This episode moves on to Good Friday, away at Derby, Derby County, and again, this just shows what we're talking about. Like, this if 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 we just get one win, like how buzzing everyone is. Like we we saw earlier in the episode that Ashley Fletcher's having this crisis of confidence, and he gets a goal, a brilliant goal as oh, well. By the way, Fletcher's goal. <clears throat> yeah, it was a great finish, and he hits the post, doesn't he? Yes, he does. Really yeah. proper, like twats the post. Like that's the grit. That's the word use the way. He it, oh, it, yeah. But I remember watching that game. We went to guess where I watched it. Um, did you watch it in the Harbourview? I watched it in the Harbourview. <laughs> do I do actually? No, I don't want to mention. I'm very sad about the Harbourview being closed. Mm. Um, the um, yeah, I watched it in Harbourview, and it was rammed. Good Friday as well. So yeah. everyone must have been out all day. I've been out all day. Since about three, I think. Um, <laughs> yeah, it was a nighttime kickoff, wasn't it? Kickoff, yeah. Which I think we we not. I think we thought it was oh half five. <laughs> <laughs> so we're like, oh no! But you know, we've already started. Then you three pints in. What can you do? Oh, so, and then you got a table. Or we just went somewhere else for a bit first. I think when we oh, realised, okay. I think oh, we realised that about when there was like another game on the telly before and it wasn't. <laughs> Wait a second! <laughs> That's not us. What's going on here? Oh, I hope it was like Stoke or Sheffield United or something. <laughs> so someone in red lights be like, wait a second. Yeah, just like, but um, yeah, we were obviously quite drunk, but it was like heartbreaking, really. And you look because you think, oh god, yeah, we're just but hilarious. Like you think Derby were like having their annual unraveling. Yeah, Derby were going all right at the time, as they tend to be. Yeah, <laughs> and then. We just obviously everyone was just expert. Well, that was why it was on Sky, wasn't it? Really, because yeah. they were expecting Derby to brush us aside and probably go. They probably could have gone top. I would have thought 
or certainly in the top two or yeah there's something mentioned when you watch something till I die like it's got the sky commentary oh, over yeah. it and it does mention something that does kind of infer that we can like obviously make ground on the in the bottom three and it does it says something about Derby getting breathing space or yeah. something like that so <laughs> it must have been a pretty important game for them mm. as well what a mess they made of that <laughs> well <laughs> a mess for one of their players in particular oh. as well so Richard Keogh <laughs> <coughs> well obviously he's had worse times since but Richard, <laughs> Richard Keogh Richard Keogh um, I think he'd been at Derby like he'd been there years like six years or something never been dropped by them he'd always played every game um, when he'd been fifth and after this game he was dropped for the first time in his Derby County career because they lost to us. I mean, Only right as well. Oh, right. I mean, we conceded four goals. <laughs> like, this is... I know, I know that like Tom Wallace is obviously on, isn't on this episode and probably covered, but when Nottingham Forest sacked their entire coaching staff. Yeah, oh... Which so, is Tom yeah. Walsh's favourite bit of the entire history of the club, I think. I don't think that game's actually shown <laughs> in the documentary, which is weird because it's one of the few wins. But yeah, the fact that we went... Shot. Yeah, incredible. In the sack, they're inta- just amazing. Like, we've, you've lost to them. Just get out. Just get out. Like, <laughs> part, part Only right, though, isn't oh, it? Oh, yeah. I mean, an Aidan McGeady header from outside the box. <laughs> <laughs> he did header it from about 50 yards as well. Just hilarious. Just shows that, like, you lose to Sunderland, your career's over. <laughs> Well, that Sunderland team, like, only right, but we're all, like, everyone was buzzed. Like, I had a much different day to you watching that game. I was at work. Oh, and But managed to see all of the goals, because my job at the time involved not being at a, well, as you'd imagine, if it was that time of night when I was at work, not being constantly at a desk, but I was kind of, like, very near the end of the shift and, like, putting stuff away and that when John O'Shea scored to make yeah. it 4-1 and thought I was, like, the only one sort of, like, left, like, around that part of the building and was like gone gone mental gone mental as as you would say and like two people like came and were like you're all right <laughs> and then like the notice on me laughed at us like, and they're like oh, all right it's like really happy to be finishing your shift yeah like get in like shout and finish as well probably like because it was a bit of a scramble yeah. <laughs> so yeah would have would have worked quite nicely but it's it, like goes to like one support in particular is like oh buzzing we've we've got a chance now and that is that is how it felt didn't it they did not have a chance. <laughs> <laughs> they did well. We did not. But it, it did feel like that. And, you know, it was because it was uh, Easter weekend, we had a game a few days later, which it doesn't show. But Well, Colin McManaman saw that, didn't he? Was that the Sheffield Wednesday oh, game? Oh, yeah. I forgot about his, yeah. Was that when he got sent? Oh, no, it wasn't. Was it, was it when he got sent off for punching the ball in? No, that was Redden. Oh, that was Redden. Redden. Oh, sorry. Well, the team in Bloom White. We lost anyway. Yeah. As, as of course we did. Like, we've given ourselves a chance. Like and again, like what we were saying, it's away from ourselves. Like, yeah. it was just really, but was it 3 1? Um, was it Honeyman scored for yeah, us because they went 1 0 up and yeah. we we equalized yeah, like a minute later. Yeah. Ow. Yeah, I think I think through Matthew's getting bitten of his of his dog. He really wants to get involved in the pot again. Um, but yeah, bizarrely, he doesn't show the Sheffield Wednesday game. But one nice bit is how like buzzing all the players are for Ashley Fletcher for getting that goal and that performance. Get behind him! <laughs> like, get behind oh him. yeah, cut them all doing that. But you see, like Josh Madger, like when he's um, Fletcher's getting interviewed, I think by the club staff, yeah. and he's like, he's like, oh, there he is. There's yeah. the main man. Then it's like. 
the dressing room must have been, despite everything, fairly positive. If if for at least from those younger lads, anyway. Yeah, it seemed like quite united. Really, they were just crap. Like that was their <laughs> issue. Like you never really, like there was a lot of them. You never really faltered. That obviously there was like Rodwell and that, but like you never really faltered. Like because even like Oviedo. Azaria even let's pick him out like yeah I mean he's like it's not his fault like, yeah exactly like you sign them players now Azaria's you know, doing alright in the championship doing really well he's at Reading isn't he yeah and but like you take away your Rodwell and to an extent McGeady that season like the attitude like the would you couldn't really fault that especially like the younger lads and the players you brought in, like even Camp, like for all by all accounts, was like good banter, good to have around. Did we just Did you see in that uh, that game actually? He's one of the first to go over to Fletcher, yeah. and he's like, totally he's he's well. got like a hold of him. He's like, he looks like he's like having like a word in his yeah. ear as well. And straight over the away, and I remember that at Bristol City, and um, when we like obviously had that ma- that great comeback, which again the lads who'd done the the episodes previous to this have already covered. But I remember Jason Steele was the mm. subkeeper that day, and he was one of the first over at the away end. Like for all, like you say, they just weren't very good players. Just, but no. they they clearly they clearly gave a fuck, didn't they? Like you can't, can't fault them for that. <clears throat> you see it in all their interviews. Like you see it in all, like every interview. Like even the one with Gibson when he's injured and that. Like I know mm. it's been covered, but like yeah, they were just shit. This is their issue. Well, you mentioned Darren Gibson. <laughs> You mentioned Darren Gibson being shit. Goes from this massive positive. Are we going to turn it around? Are we on the on the road to redemption? We weren't on the road to redemption. Darren Gibson was on Fullwell Road, crashing straight into a bunch of cars there. On his way to court. <laughs> well, I remember this man. Dear me, like it came out before the news came out before game, didn't it? Yeah, I was sitting in the cliff. Yeah, I was in I was in Fitzy's in the town, I believe, in uh, Aden. You know, Aidan. Hello, Aidan, if you're listening. Yeah, if he's listening, yeah. Um, not Aidan McGeady, no, by the way. No, no, not you. Not you. Um, so, I just messaged you saying, oh, I'm going to come along and meet you before the game. I was like, all right, fair enough. And it was like, like, quarter last one or something. Yeah. He was like, where are you? Like, you said you'll be for like yeah. half 12. And he was like, oh, well, we've had to like go a different, we've had to, I've had to wait in a bit and I've had to like sort of walk around a different way because uh, Darren Gibson's just crashed into like five stationary cars in front of my house. <laughs> I was like, we shouldn't be laughing at this, by the way. But well, it was like, terrible. Like, my nana lives around there. She could have been going for the paper or anything. Like, yeah. fucking idiot. But, like, I was just, everyone in the. I told them, mate, and they were, everyone was, what? But we would have heard. And then someone went on Twitter, you can't get very good signal in the cliff. Right. So, like, there hadn't been much checking it. And someone had gone on Twitter, and it was, oh, no. Yeah. Oh, no. And it was sort of, you do, like, you're joking. Like, now, of all times, yeah. like, you, you idiot. Mm-hmm. Like, you, and, only us. Yeah. Really. Like, because let's not forget as well, he, and again, this is shown in previous episodes that we're not covering, Gibson had become, like, a decent part. He had a run of games when Coleman first mm-hmm. came in. If you remember, like, Wolves, when we drew nil-nil away, Catamore got sent off yeah. after about an hour. Gibson was fantastic. He was yeah. playing injured again. On on the pitch, he looked like he cared. Off the pitch, he was obviously, and I think like let's let's be fair to an extent of he obviously has 
had slash has some issues that yeah. he needs to... Doesn't excuse his behaviour, not oh. making any excuse for that, like you're saying, fucking idiot for doing what he did. But there's obviously a lot going on there. There's history with it as well, as yeah. He definitely needs to... Needs help. So, I mean, hopefully he has now. But um, he, he was playing well, and I hated him, really. Because when, when, when we signed him in the Premier League, I genuinely thought he was one of the worst players I'd ever seen play mm. for us. And he kind of came back into the, the team under Coleman, and he was, he was good. And he was like reliable. He was the linchpin, really, in, yeah. in the midfield. Catamull wasn't playing as often, and no. he played really well. And then, well, done that. Did that? Yeah. I mean, it's hard to it's hard to say anything else on it, really, apart from he was an idiot and it just summed up the absolute chaos that was going on at the club. And then the chaos sort of gets the sort of rubber stamp, if you will, when. We move on to the Burton game at home, which we all know what happened there. We struggle to watch that back, to be honest. It's done. It's done so well in in the documentary, and I think that's a testament to what you say that you struggle to watch it again because it gets all the emotion of it across. You know, you even see Pete the taxi driver rubbing his lucky black cat oh. before. Like, I hope he's throwing that in the bin, by the way. That's not, clearly not working, is it? Pete, if you're listening, it's not a lucky black cat. It's just a cat. <laughs> Just is it even is it a lamp? Is, is it a lamp? cat lamp? Check it. Just get yourself a different lamp. Get yourself a normal lamp. Stop buying novelty lamps. <laughs> Stop buying novelty lamps. Agree, but um, it's just so like you say, it's so hard to watch, and we we take the lead. We're still we were one nil up after about eighty five minutes. Yeah, and then yeah. Darren Bent came along. Oh, of course he did. It was a really shit goal as well. Good save from Steele actually no, initially. No. Oh, it's just is it Liam Boyce that gets the winner yes it is I'm yeah. still annoyed that our goal got disallowed yeah because it does look like is it Billy Jones who looks like like handballs I mean, or it something it is handball but he's he given it N- yeah. there's not been any indication that it's going to be disallowed and then their goalkeeper runs and the linesman goes yeah alright then it was was very odd like it was that a- would have kept us alive going into the full Fulham relegated Fulham instead <laughs> which would have been better yeah, it's a nice full. As we said on the last edition of this, like, well, of our edition. Nice. And let's be honest, less embarrassing. Yeah. Yeah, less embarrassing than, than Burton at all. But then again, we wouldn't have got your man with his long hair shouting, pay the ref. Let's have a whip. Let's have a whip let's round. round. <laughs> pay the ref. Looks like pirate. <laughs> Ken, he actually gets money out of his wallet. Turns to the supporters with it. It starts shouting, let's have a whip round. How much are paying you? I love him. I'm going to do that every game now. I remember seeing him at a game last season and it was when, it was one of the night matches where the TP was set up, Hadrian's uh, TP was set up yeah, yeah. and he was in there and I was like genuinely a bit starstruck because that's one of my favourite moments in the documentary. Oh, it's incredible. It's re- <laughs> it's just really funny. He's like, it, it's 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 like the desperation in him. Yeah. Like he's like, ah, oh, oh, doesn't know what on. I do, and he can't like get on and punch the referee. So I'm gonna like question his integrity. <laughs> it's the step of getting the money. I hope he like. Went round. <laughs> I hope he made sure he had cash oh, that day. Because yeah, imagine if you did this card at a contactless <laughs> machine. Let's have a contact. <laughs> Everyone tap your cards for the ref. <laughs> like, that is a bit of much-needed levity in that episode. And especially when you see, like, George Honeyman after. Oh, who looks, bless him, like... You know, whatever you think about George Honeyman, again, 
another player who clearly cared. He came through the youth system, yeah. like captain as well. Well, captain the next season rather. <clears throat> so you know, clearly was an influence around the club, and he can't speak, can he? He nah, looks broken. Very difficult in this. Yeah, it's not nice to see that. And like again, the human side of it. And... I'll tell you what isn't nice. To call someone a prick when they're a married man with six kids. Six kids. The watching watching that again earlier, and it's like the bloke obviously is an idiot who's who's having a go. Oh, at absolutely. Coleman. But it's like when he says that when Coleman goes, "I'm a married man with six kids," and the bloke just goes, "And." <laughs> yeah, it's <laughs> weird to come. Again, we covered this quite extensively in the banter pods. So it's another reason to go back to that, but you can't really like I said, Coleman twelve in the Christmas. Uh, the Secret Santa was the second funniest bit in the series. This is the funniest bit. When he says, you're calling me a prick, I'm a married man I'm with married six kids. Six kids. <laughs> the way he bites the six kids, isn't so, it? He's so annoyed. And like you just see um, Kit Simon. I always want to call Kit Simon's Clint Hill. <laughs> Why? I don't know. No, they don't look similar at all. No, they don't. I just, you just see Clint Hill getting into his car. <laughs> like, you're thinking... Oh, I'm going home. <laughs> I'm gone. I'm gone. <laughs> I'm going to tie my mouth and pretend it's Roya. <laughs> and uh, they're. Um, the <laughs> it's really good. Really enjoyed that. Good. Um, and uh, yeah, and he's like getting abused by just a man, like while he's just trying to sign autographs for kids as well. Oh, like, like everyone's just like getting photos with him and like. Not the man to take your anger out on, nah. is he? And it gets like another really like touching moment and getting across how much it means to the city. It goes to the Colliery Tavern and everyone's, you know, people are like, people are genuinely emotional. People yeah, cry. And I don't remember when the final whistle went. Like, as much as I accepted we were going to go into League One and you'd accept it and you're almost like having a laugh about it. I don't remember just being stood at the final whistle and like it hit you, didn't it? Yeah, it was like, and like I'm not one. I'm not one for cry, crying at a football match when something bad happens. More when something. Do you know what I mean? I'm, yeah, I, I'm all getting emotional like the other way, like Burini scoring at Wembley, yeah, for example. But that's the closest I think for something sad. Like I've been to cry because I was like, oh, it's oh, real now, oh, no. and you know people are going to lose jobs. Well, I and think it was more as well was like we, the football club could have disappeared. Yeah, like. Because we were obviously short was still the owner, and mm-hmm. for all the issues you've got now, like at least you know we still exist, mm-hmm. and like it was like lots of likes there. It was <laughs> um, it was shit. Like we're playing the third division. Yeah. How how has this been allowed to happen? How is this again as well? Like we've been in the third tier once and we managed to get out of it obviously way before well before we were both born yeah. but how has this been allowed to happen again back to back relegations time yeah. as well you know the the club is showing at the minute because there's nothing else to do the games against Norwich and like, the celebratory games against Norwich away mm-hmm. under Allardyce and that was like a year before this yeah what what happened Oh, what a disaster! Sad now. Yeah, I'm gonna get some more wine. <laughs> it's, well, everyone, like I said, looked sad in the Colliery Tavern, singing "Wise Men Say Their Arms Linked." Really good shot. That's actually ruined by Chris Weatherspoon just talking to someone in the background, looking well, like he doesn't really care. Most things are on. Yeah, let's be honest. Yeah. Sorry, Chris. 
nah, I'm not sorry. He ruined what was a really good shot in the documentary. Um, and that's how episode seven ends when um, we're going to have a little break now. And when we're back, we will look at the final episode of season one of Sunland Till I Die, episode number eight. <laughs> Welcome back to the Wise Men Say podcast. We are continuing our deep dive into Sunland Till I Die, season one, ahead of season two, hitting our screens on April the 1st. Before we look at episode eight, Matthew, everything's locked down at the minute, all the shops are shut, mm-hmm. but are you still thinking of getting any any new clothes maybe for when we're all hitting the pubs yeah, again? I'm going to order. Well, hopefully it won't be too long and I've... Been looking at your top, I quite like that. Where's that one from? Well, Matthew, this just happens to be from from the terraces. Oh. From the terraces.co.uk, in fact. Ah, well. Thing is, it's lovely. Would love a bit of discount off that. Well, funny you should say that, Matthew, because I got 10% off this yeah. when I ordered it, and all I had to do was put in WMS10 when I was proceeding to my checkout, oh, and it got me 10% off my order. So if you use that discount code we've got, WMS10, you get 10% off. How does that? How, how do you feel about that? I might just go and order one right now. Well, after the podcast. After the podcast. Yeah, don't do it during the podcast. We've got we've got episode eight to discuss. Oh, yeah. But, well, that's what I'm going to do. And I think that's what everyone else should do. And if you're listening from the terraces, do some dog clothes for Frank. Do they? Do they, like, do they actually... Oh, no, sorry. If, if from the terraces are listening, oh, do some dog clothing for Frank. Shows how very... Good, well, shows how much of a good idea that would be that I actually believed yeah. that they were doing it. Yeah. But, yeah, he's getting involved in the pod, in the background, and squeaking and bark. He just, I think he just has opinions, doesn't he, Matthew? He does. He has probably better opinions than me and probably gets, <laughs> probably gets them across better than I do. Oh, I think you're being too harsh on yourself, but we'll see as we look at episode eight. As soon as I delve deeper into the Stella. <laughs> yeah, you've gone from wine to beer, so maybe this will this will go... It could go either way. It could go even better or it could go dramatically worse. Let's find out. Worse. <laughs> but from the terraces for all your clobber from the terraces.co.uk and use WMS10 at checkout to get 10% off. Episode 8. Episode 8 begins with the pretty much the only, well, it's the first of the series sighting of Ellis Short. Mm. Um, exiting EFL. He doesn't say a lot, does he? <laughs> well, never, never, never did, did he? Yeah. No, no comment. <laughs> <laughs> well, quite. Um, is he's exiting EFL Towers because the theme of this episode is very much the takeover from Stuart Donald and Co. Um, and he's get like another shot of Martin Bain, and by this point, Martin Bain just looks, and I don't mean this in a sympathetic way. He looks absolutely wrecked, doesn't he? Oh. It looks like a. Constantly using a special machine. <laughs> oh, he's a wreck. He's an, he, like he's a shell of a man. <coughs> like, I'm not feeling sorry for him either, but but he hey, does. Hey, yeah, like, if he was like if you were married or whatever, you'd be coming home. You'd be going, Jesus, like. Well, we said in the last episode, he looks like a divorcee sleeping on the the couch of, in his office. Definitely was a lot of sleeping in his office. Like I think. Well, during transfer windows, you wouldn't be surprised. Like you don't like. You don't feel sorry for him because we support the club, but I imagine if you didn't, yeah. you'd probably be looking at that going, dear me, look what, look what they've done to you, man. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, I think most people who... It, it, it's interesting Martin Bain in this, isn't he? Because he's obviously, he's quite suave, he's quite 
obviously he makes a rod for his own back really yeah by the fact that he is like a knob yeah like but the, again the human being side of him it's it's it is difficult to see because you think, Christ, like dear me, like yeah. he's so corporate, isn't he? You can see why he's got as far in the sort of corporate world as he has because he's he is just so corporate. He's like it's been said throughout, like all Linton, these, yeah, <laughs> Martin Linden. <laughs> <laughs> he is like who Bob Moore was on the phone now. Well, that's been revealed. It's Matt, Matt Berry plays Jeff Linton as we know now, but he does look absolutely haggard at this point, and we get like it's quite sad how we see like Chris Coleman and um, Charlotte his wife who obviously we all know from Sky Sports News as well Um, and they both both of them like her included they sound so desperate to turn it around that interview in the house don't they yeah Uh, and it's when she's like you've had messages from other clubs chairmen saying what a good job you've done and you haven't obviously heard from your own. It must have been so hard, yeah. that job. Maybe like going into work and never hearing from your manager. Didn't say. It's absolutely it's, not. It's, it's un- but there must be a u- real unique situation. Yeah. Because even when, like, Cardiff have got rogue. Yeah. And, they've, like, with, like, Man City have had absolute loons as owners mm-hmm. and, like, Birmingham have had, like... They've always been there and yeah. got, like... the. It wasn't even, even the country that he cut off all communication. Yeah. It was so, just really like, an unprecedented situation. Really, I think he did one interview that season, didn't he? Yeah, in Black when, Cat's house when Grayson was when sacked. Grayson I think. was sacked, and it was my aim is to get us back into the top ten of the Premier League, yeah. and here we are in just about in the top ten of League One. <laughs> <laughs> well, not even just about in the top. Well, at certain points, like we, we, we <laughs> I know, but this is. I know this is post short, but like still, like that, you know, the rot was set in then, wasn't it? Fourteens, think so. Yeah, <clears throat> bring back those days. I'd take that over <laughs> no football. <laughs> Would you? Yeah, bring back losing to Gillingham away one 0 Do you not think like? Well, this is a tangent, but to bring a little bit of current football chat into it, is there an argument that this? Obviously, we didn't think the break was going to be this long. We don't want. I'm going to caveat this. We don't want this break. We don't want to. Pubs to shut, locked down. We don't, we don't exactly. We don't want any of this. Do you think though, this was in terms of the way our season was potentially going, a time to have a break of some? And again, I'm going to caveat it. I don't want this, but do you think that could end up bizarrely working in our favour? Like the season resumes in whenever May, middle of May, maybe. Bailey Wright could be fit. Yeah, you know. It could be. The players look knackered. The players look knackered. Obviously, if things if things clear up in the next month with the the sort not clear up, but if things go on in a better trajectory than, yeah. than they have been in the next, the players might be allowed back into training again. Right with the there could well be a, a date set for the resumption mm-hmm. of football. There could be another pre season again. Players come back to fitness. Yeah. It's odd, isn't it? It's, it's really, really and again, like I do want to just caveat again, like nobody yeah. wants this. And you, and you compare this now, how we're feeling to the likes of Fleetwood, who yeah. are who are who are on it, who've won. Well, I think they've, well they haven't lost, have they, for ages? And yeah. obviously, in a good run of form, they'll not. They, it'd be a disaster for them because mm-hmm. they're they're not that good, really. No, no. Like, it's all built on momentum, 
and, and the fact that teams like us maybe were feeling like a bit knackered yeah. and you know. we played a few we played more games than anybody else yeah um so yeah i think especially when you look at the the injuries of you know we've got right coming back for all i've written him off he's obviously quite good isn't he <laughs> <laughs> um yeah i think so basically what we're saying is we're going to win the league. Yeah, when when football comes back, we are going to win the league. Well, back to Netflix. Um, we'll the game. Talk about winning the league. Yeah, well, we've got to talk about a relegation oh, first. <laughs> but yeah, we have obviously been relegated at this point, and we see like the most bizarre player of the year awards as well. Like, there's a really funny shot that shows the player of the year awards, and I think like the players are just. Um, I think it might be like when O'Shea's getting his award or Soro and Billy Jones is because Sin Quinn's by in the stadium Billy Jones is just looking up watching one of the tellies like he couldn't he's like there's a lot of times where on the pitch Billy Jones was like disengaged with what was going on but at this point like he's really proven the point yeah he's like I think every, they were almost embarrassed to be there yeah. they? and I, I, to an extent I agree with them but Oh, well, lads, you don't have yeah. to do a lot. Like, you don't have to try hard, do you? And it's sure, like, last season, I was at the one last season and I was talk- talking to quite a few of the players and they were all obviously disappointed we've just drawn it for Peterborough. Yeah. I was talking to Power and Baldwin quite a lot. Baldwin was gutted, but they were, like, going around spending hours. Yeah. Like, me and Leuven's made a quick exit, quicker exit than hey. they did on the pitch. Um, <laughs> Apart from the Portsmouth, and made a very quick exit. Very good, yeah. Um, yeah, they, they didn't have to do a lot, really. Um, but Chris Green, if you're listening, <laughs> probably had the best time of his life because he got a picture with Lee Campbell. Oh. So I can't remember his Twitter handle. I don't know if you phone. Tweet Chris Green <laughs> and ask him to share the picture of him and Lee Camp. We could try and find us. We could try and find it. I'll retweet. It'll be on Twitter somewhere, or I'll get him to send us it. And I'll. T- <laughs> it his face. He's so chuffed to be meeting Lee Camp. <laughs> and Lee Camp. He tried to buy Lee Camp a pint. Oh, and, and they were like, "I'd love to, but we're not allowed." <laughs> like Coleman had stopped them, despite being relegated already. Yeah. They should have let them get mortal. I think. I think yeah, I think that would be better. But I guess you've got to put a public face of like discipline on, haven't you? I suppose so, but funny in it. Funny in it. Yeah. <laughs> well, that'd be really awards? funny. The day before the next game, okay, and get mortal then and be hung over, hung over, and play the game hung over. I mean, Lee Camp looks and Camp played like he was hung over. Above just for the with his four cans next to the next to the post, and he's and he's sleeping back. <laughs> Trying to like protect the four count. Well, he wasn't trying very well to protect the four maybe count. Maybe was. Maybe that's what he was doing. Maybe that's why the gut ball kept going in because he was diving to save his cans. <laughs> no, the ball. Oh, I love him. He is great. Again, go back to the banter pod for more. Guys, for more Lee Camp chat and a lot of chat about this squad. Actually, we the banter pod of the banter similar. eleven. There are a lot of things that we've mentioned that we've mentioned before. There is, but well, we consciously for the banter eleven of the decade, we did say we didn't want too many. From the seventeen eighteen well, squad, been the entire squad, yeah. like it could have made the eleven up yeah. with this squad. Yeah. So. So yeah, um, if you want more chat from that season, again, go and go and dig that one out. That is the best pod we've done. Like, oh, that, that really, I don't just you don't just mean me and you. Either. No, that is the best pod. Wise men say. Wise men say I've ever done. Agree, strongly agree. You know, I don't care about Niall Quinn being on or all the times I had Kevin Ball or or whatever. That that is the pinnacle. <laughs> I'm bothered about them. 
Oh, how egos have gone wild. Um, this is the moment it all goes wrong. <laughs> yeah, I feel we're going to be wanting Gareth and Stephen back more than ever as we kind of stage a coup. Take you through the quarantine <laughs> with uh well we've got some some got some great ideas we do some, well it's not all going to be just me and you as well it's the, not. no there's going to be involvement sadly from other members of the podcast <laughs> more, more serious more ones serious than us. ones i suppose that will just make ours seem all the more ridiculous well, so yes that's well that's kind of what we want don't we but back to sunderland till i die if we must um <laughs> It's like we do get to the point as well where Coleman gets let go as the... Um, well, it, does, it teases it quite well about the fact that they have to let Coleman go and the mm. reason why they had to. It's done in quite a teasing sort of way. But like again, we mentioned this sort of at the top of the, of the episode that Coleman had his faults, but the fact that you see like Joyce, the chef, who's on about the text he sent uh, to her and how like much him and Kit will miss her and stuff. Like for all his faults, again, I guess just like the players, it didn't work, but he did care, didn't he? And he, and he, and he you know, he was, he did get us, didn't he? Yeah. Like, he's a good, he's a good bloke, isn't he? Really. Yeah. And I think above all, that, that really comes out in this. He really comes out of it with a lot of, a lot of credits. Um, like obviously the things from McGeady aside and grabbing, mm-hmm. um, but it, on a personal level, you can't have anything really. But almost like admiration for him, he, he took the job on. To be honest, yeah. Well, again, we spoke about that when because we gave him the manager job yeah. of the banter eleven, and as a serious point in that, we talked about how high his stock was yeah. when when he left Wales and well, he didn't have to take a job like Sunderland, did he? Well, look at him now. <laughs> yeah. Sorry about that, Chris. Yeah. Fine. He could have, like, he could have... He was still at Wales. Yeah. He left Wales to to come and take this job. Yeah. He could have stayed there for ages as well. Because it, if he hadn't qualified for that, so what? Like, yeah. they just got the semi-finals of... Yeah. Whatever year it was, 2016. Yeah, sorry. And he let. What was he doing? Chris, what are you doing, <laughs> idiot? This is no, pretty much for him now. That is pretty much what all the Welsh fans said at the time as well. They were all like, "Like we love you." Like maybe it is the right time because they failed to qualify for the World yeah, Cup, they hadn't, hadn't they? Yeah. And it was like, "Yeah, maybe it is the right time." But why the fuck are you going to Sunderland? What? Like, like we were lost calls, really. When you think, I know. Like he's got his reasons for coming and thought I could have turned it around, but he had no chance. Nah, he didn't. And well, he, the Wales fans again. Yeah, more hilarity, really. Just what a mess. Burning more people, weren't we? As we've done to many managers, and will continue to do. Just chucking people under the biggest bus you can, like tour buses, like chucking people under the like the Rolling Stones tour bus, like. Phil Parkinson chucking himself under his own bus. Nice, very nice, very good. Like that a lot. Um, but we move from that to being introduced to Donald for the first to Stuart Donald, our current owner at the time of recording. Anyway, um, this shows him getting off a plane at Newcastle Airport, and he's just coming in. But he's talking about like how this has happened so quickly, and it's kind of been. <laughs> Proved to not be a good thing as time's gone on, hasn't it? Yeah, too quickly. Yeah, mm. yeah, quite. We do get that funny bit with the way he reaches for a very 
watery looking bottle of Ricord Lego. Matthew's gone, ran very excitedly off to the fridge. I'm having to fill for time. Oh, great. Boy, did I need that. <laughs> very good. Worth the wait. Yeah. If, if you don't, if you don't understand that, go back and watch the episode eight where Stuart Donald reaches for, like I say, a very watery pint of Ricord Lego. It just like and says, oh, "Boy, do I need that!" <laughs> it is really oddly for. He's trying to like prove himself as like being a proper like lad, a proper bloke, and he. Oh mate, you're drinking passion fruit cider, <laughs> and y- you're That's not Stella like me, <laughs> and you're just not as well, are you, Stuart? Like, come on, nah, you're not. But hilarious again really because it, it's the way he like reaches over for it, like really. Like, yeah, like really extravagant. Like it's, it's hard to describe, isn't oh, it? Did I need that? Just go and watch Shut it. Go up. and watch it. Like, just, just have a pint and behave yourself. Well, speaking of people who like pints, we also see Charlie Methan's red trousers for the first time, which I'm sure are going to be all over series two. By the looks, a lot of Charlie Methan's red trousers <laughs> and his red face by the end. Of and then a lot of him needing pints bought for him by the good people of Sunderland. Yeah, Never buy. Yeah, yours you want, doesn't he? Gives me a pint, so if you. You're not listening to this, are you? Well, he was quite vigilant of listening to podcasts, wasn't he? We do not, will not say, you know, any more on that, but he was... Yeah. Well, I think he just enjoyed listening to fan media, to be fair. Well, if you're listening, mine's a Stella. <laughs> His was a Foster's as well, I think, wasn't it? Drink really shit lager as well, didn't he? Coors, he loved Coors. Coors, yeah. yeah. You know, handy for a day sesh. That's Coo- all Coors is good for. <laughs> Coogan lager. It is Coogan lager, as, as we always like to say. A little, little inside joke for you there. Well, we're doing too many inside jokes a lot, actually, aren't we? But funny though, isn't it? Oh, really funny, but Coogan lager is a thing that we Coogan say. Coogan lager for... is a, a thing um, invented by Gary Foster, G. Foster Journal on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> you want to give proper credit at G. Foster Journal. And it is mainly for not necessarily weak beer, but it's like crap, crap, but like crap week beer more yeah, than anything, like, isn't it? You're real, <coughs> like your match day beer, really, in it. Like mm. your Fosters, your Carlins, your Coors of the yeah. world. Like your 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 Concourse beers. Yes, perfect way of putting it. Like you don't really want them, but you haven't got a choice. No. Well, we said the best Coogan Lager is Amstel. Amstel, yeah, exactly, because that's still quite nice, but you can have. If you're out all day, you'd have six pints of Amstel and still be relatively, you know, you're going to be pissed. But, like, it's not like you're drinking Stella, which is obviously 5%. You're going to be a lot more pissed on that, aren't you? Responsibly. (laughs) Especially in these times. But you can uh, have 18 Amstel. Well, you could probably have 18, especially on, well, there's nothing else to do at the minute. There's nothing else to do, so 18 most days. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I'm having to, like, ration at the minute. I'm having to be careful. It's all right. There's plenty in Tesco. For now. Other supermarkets are available. Actually, I went to a shop not far from us, near the seafront, and that was quite well stocked still. Oh, well, I'm going to have to go soon for that. Yeah. More beer, because I'm running out of Stella, because I've just wasted one doing that joke. Yeah, well, you've probably got to drink it anyway. It's fine, it's fine. Um, from that little bit of levity, though, we get more human side of it as well, where we see sad Brian Oviedo and his dog's house. I was watching that with... His bear house. I was watching that with Betty earlier. And she was like, who's that? Oh, that's Brian Oviedo. I love Brian Oviedo. Yeah, same. Like, I really like Brian Oviedo. And I was like, that's Brian Oviedo. And she was like, is that his house? Yeah, yeah. And she went, there's nothing in it. It looks like he's just moved in. He'll be renting at warning. Yeah, but it looks... But he's... 
he's been here like eighteen months by this point. Yeah. And it looks like he's either just moved in or he's like moving out imminently. Yeah. Probably expected to move out a lot quicker than he did, having played the entire League One season after. Went to the World Cup. <laughs> <laughs> that season as well. <laughs> after that season he went to the World Cup. I love him. Yes. I really liked him. He actually. was good. He was good. And he never and f- to be honest. He gets a lot of people go, you can't praise him, he's doing his job. Well, the next season he did his job and it was damn sight more than a lot of the players that were there did. Absolutely. Who saw if you're listening, Brian Oviedo, um I'm Godspeed. Ra- I'm raising my glass of Stella to you. <laughs> Please come back and save us. God. Yeah. I mean Oh, that's harsh on Denver it Hume. Is. We like Denver Hume we on like the Denver Hume, yeah. Because he has a nice time. He's got he's, like got, he's got funny hair. And you know, there's a player in there with Denver Hume, but he, he is, I'm sure, Denver Hume would admit himself he's not as good as Brian Oviedo. But the, the theme of this, especially the episodes me and you have done, Matt, is the human side of the players. And Oviedo was on about like crying and no one else knowing about it. And no. like, and then we see Johnny, we, we, we see Johnny Williams for the first time in a couple of episodes just walking around the academy with a bin bag no. as he's collecting all his gear. And it's just like. In the travel tavern, that yeah, isn't it? like he's a sad guy, Johnny. I worry about him. Yeah, like even now. Oh, he's all right now because he's kind of got back on track a little bit with Charlton. Yes, but he? does he play much? He's almost injured. He? <laughs> no, that's what I mean. I suppose he's closer at home there. Yeah, because he he goes on about like he's going. He's in this episode. He says, "Well, I'll go back to Palace next week and see what their plans are for me." And he's he's so unsure, isn't he? No plans for him. No, they've forgotten about him. <laughs> oh God! <laughs> well, it looks like Josh Mad just forgot about him as they have this really awkward goodbye. So good. He's walking out and he's like, "Oh, last day, Madge," and he's like, "Oh man!" Like, oh, he's he almost sounds sarcastic, Josh Madge. He's oh, like, no. "Oh no, we're mate, really gonna miss you, aren't we?" <laughs> it's just so awkward. Well. Both of them, none of them played for Sunderland by the I'm time of the playoffs. Can we, oh, can we hurry up and wrap this up? I'm really <laughs> depressed. It is sad. It is a broadly sad documentary, but the awkward goodbye between him and Madger is is oh, really funny. Because the awkward hello he had, didn't he? With Adam Math- yeah, he has an awkward he, hello. He knows as well. He must have played with an international uh, level. Oh, yeah, Adam. I love him as well. Yeah, you do. Well, you praised him plenty on the last one. What praise for fullbacks from you? I like a fullback. Any other good fullbacks you like? Uh, I love Chris Makin. Loved him. Is he like an early first hero? Yeah, I had him on the back of me. Uh, remember that navy away shirt we had yeah. with the red and white stripes across the front? Yeah, yeah. Had him yeah. on the back of that. Loved him. Um, Where did he stand on Patrice Carter on? I was. Well, I liked him. Well, he scored against he the Mags. Scored against the Mags. Yeah. Um, really. Not we've not had many others really because Bardsley, Phil Bardsley. Well, I liked him, and then he was here for years. So the fullbacks we've had have tended to have been here for mm. like mainstays. We didn't have a left back for about twelve years, yeah, which was funny for a <laughs> bit. Um, like Danny Rose, I don't know. Well, Rose, Alonso, Van Arnold. That was a pretty good run of Van left backs. Van Arnold was good. He scored a lot of goals, didn't he? Yeah. Um, good banter as well. I think. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Big fan of him, but yeah, Megan was probably probably my favourite. To be fair, yeah, yeah, we did like usually this. It's kind of similar to like goals. Yeah, mentioned yeah. not mentioned Michael Gray. 
Yeah, we would admit he agree. Should be more of a that's this is a thing for another episode, but should be more of a club legend than he no, is. But but managed to just mess reasons. it up. <laughs> yeah, because of, yeah. But that's a, that's that's probably worth delving into on its own. Uh, but again, another tangent. Um, we move on from awkward goodbyes to the queues for season tickets are massive, and it. That breaks your heart more than anything, that we've just had this terrible season, we're going down to League One, but everyone's like, well, I'm still gone. Well, I'm still gone. I'm still gone. I'm gone. <laughs> Did I'm gone for the whole season. I'm gone now. <laughs> no. I'd take some League Two football, but... Again, the enormity of how much it means to everyone. I don't think it's particularly hammed up by Fullwell 73 at all. Not... I think it's just all bang on, like, isn't it? They're all, they're all like... Like me dad every year. Oh, I'm not gone next year. <laughs> you are the one, yeah, and you'll just go, Ah, oh, yeah, am I? <laughs> and like, well, it's sort of like the really hits home now. Well, what else are you gonna do on yeah. a Saturday? Well I've had to do housework today and I don't oh, like it. Yeah. Like, Becky's sick of me already. <laughs> <laughs> she was sat in the room for most of this, she's I left now. Off. She's sick of this. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I don't blame her, to be fair. I mean, <laughs> we're saying that. We're hoping people are listening to this. And we're slagging off someone listening to us. Well, not slagging off someone listening to us, but we're, like, not blaming them for leaving the room. She's left the room while we're recording. <laughs> she, even the dog's gone. <laughs> even he doesn't want to be associated with us anymore. And this hasn't been even one of our more silly efforts. This has been quite heartfelt and, again, like, it's I'm like, sad. I'm upset. Well, let's like keep going with that theme because then you see like the players being like lovely with like the chefs and like John Cook, the kit man, like having a Love laugh with him. Joyce. He he has my dream job, like kit man of a football Does club. Have iron? I'd take that though. Oh, I think like right. I researched this once how much kit men get paid, and looking into this, I found that Arsenal had a job going for a, this is like a few years ago. Arsenal had a job going for a kit man. And it was 50 grand a year. Wow. Imagine that, right? You get to just hang out with all the players. You've got jobs too. You've got to like sort the kits out and everything. But you get to be like a laugh. Like that's kind of your job, isn't we it? To be... share that job and there would be enough money for both of us. Yeah, yeah. 20, like... well, you could, one of us could do home. One of us could do away games. Well, you, would you want to do exclusively home and exclusively well, away though? Month each, I guess. Yeah. Like, it'd be good, wouldn't it? It was. And I'm guessing you'd have to like go at the training. Well, obviously, because you see John Cook at the, at the training ground and... You just like there's no real pressure on you. You're just there to well, keep you spirits can't really up. Get it wrong, can't wait. You bring the wrong kit. I remember watching. There was a. I used to watch. Uh, if anyone remembers Football Extra on ITV, oh wow, uh, Gabriel Clark used to present Football Extra, <laughs> and there was an occasion where the I can't remember the teams. I'm stretching it if I remember the teams. I want to say it was Oxford against Birmingham. And the kit man had yeah. forgotten, to, so the, the team had to play in the other team's away yeah. kit. You get sacked for that, like, you've literally got one job to do. <laughs> it's to bring the kit. If you've got, you got uh, got everything, mate? You got, uh, got uh, what is it, you get the kit? Oh, I knew there was something. No, I haven't got them. What? <laughs> That is probably what we would do if we were kidding. Oh, yeah, but maybe it's for the best. I'm for the best. Yeah. Well, no, I think half and half. <laughs> half a home kit, half an away kit. Red and white shirt with like the blue shorts. You bring like a Lampton's kit instead. Great. Like retro kits. Love that. The score. A different retro kit for every 
uh, player, though. It's like not, you've not gone consistent. It's like ridiculous. Like you can't possibly play the game, and yeah. then the club get fined thousands. Yeah, <laughs> so you would lose your three <laughs> k. So you would, yeah, you would lose your job. But would be funny. You're right. Um, tangents now. A lot of tangents in this, but we Sorry. you need. But that you know, it's quite sad subject matter. So I guess I guess we need the levity. And but does show how the chefs are like the heartbeat of the club. You see how she's like looking after like a sore, for example. And she's talking about like making. I think she says this in another episode of like making sure the managers like had something to eat and stuff. Like that. And, and they, vegetables. yeah, they're like the true. I know it's a cliche, but they're the true heartbeat of the club, aren't they? Well, you look at like a sore and like imagine they'd be like a motherly figure. Totally. Like you know, like the what eighteen yeah. away from home. Like they're not. They're gonna go. They'd be living on their own. Yeah. But the chef there is like, go on, eat, eat, go on, you can have some dessert if you eat all your uh, vegetables, yeah, yeah. Joel. And then nuts, you can it? fuck off to Swansea, can't you? <laughs> oh, come on. Come Sad on. No, 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 like, like, stop taking it out on Joel the Sora. Well, I like them. Broke your heart. Aye. <laughs> I feel the... like shit, just want Joel the Sora back. <laughs> I mean, feel like shit, just want Mark Wilson back with the lack of football at the minute, to be honest. And speaking of Mark Wilson, he features in centre-half. Chris Green's also got a picture with Mark Wilson. <laughs> <laughs> well, deservedly so, after he kept a clean sheet against Wolves yeah. on the last day of the season, as we end on a high. One thing that is worth noting, though, it does make it look like Stuart Donald and Charlie Methven had their first press conference before this game, yeah. which I I'm, I know like it's telling the story, blah, blah, but I'm... I'm Full well, seven three. I'm not a fan of that. No, well, it was just not true, was it? Yeah. No. Sorry. No. But, but the run about the transfer budget being brilliant and Methven on about the piss taking party being over. Oh, you're all in for a treat for series two when. Narrator voice. <laughs> the piss taking party had only just begun, and it was being led by Charles by Methven. Charlie Methven. Yeah, to, I'm not. I'm not going to tell that story. No, no. Well, let's you know, let's not say anything further about Charlie Methven. Apart from that, things maybe didn't go as planned for him. Um, but we do win against Wolves, which is Hilarious. absolutely I went, nuts. I went on a Wolves uh, podcast before that game. Did you? Yeah. Um, and they were because they were on about because they'd obviously were the last team to get back to back relegations. Yes. And they were like, "Oh well, you can go and break our record next season." I was like, "Oh yeah." yeah. And they're talking about, like, obviously, we we drawn with... Actually, I was at the away game. Where it was so cold at the away game. And they were saying, oh, what do you think the score's going to be? And I was like, oh, I think I, I, think I said 2-2, two, two, like, as a joke. Because everyone was like, we're just going to get absolutely mullered here. And then they just played the weirdest team in the world. Took the goalkeeper off for a laugh. Yes. Because he was crap. And we hammered... The, like, we, it could have been 6-0. No, we played fair. really well. We played really well. And, it, like, Hume played... Did he... The one thing Hume did, but Molyneux did, because Lawalawa got injured in the warm-up, remember? Lawalawa. Molyneux played. He played really well. Yeah. He should have scored for the opening goal, which Ajaria scored. Um, Bar- Nick Barnes does go through yeah, and runs over to Robbie Stockdale yeah. as well, which is a really sweet moment. Yeah, that's nice. I like Robbie Stockdale. I, f- I, feel- I do feel a bit for Robbie Stockdale, actually. I know we, we spoke about him the other day, and I think he's obviously he obviously was quite talented, and I think we just literally bled it out of him. Steve like- Cottrell. Yeah, like we literally <laughs> killed him. Yeah, like 
It's what we do. Uh, it's what we do. If you want Sunderland, where coaches come to die. <laughs> Not just coaches as well. We'll we'll ruin a player as well. But everyone's buzzing after that win. We see a nice finish. Like Paddy McNair's goal I mean, in that I game know, where he like waltzed yeah, through. That season, didn't he? He got about seven goals. He was he was fantastic at the end of that season. Playing him at centre half again. Have you seen that? Oh no. Yeah. Not really well. Well, bless him, he's had some injury problems, but very especially championship level talented player. Like what were we signing him? Premier League, didn't we? We yeah. played centre half with Tyler Blackett for a season at Man United. Yeah, yeah, like Van Gaal, like played him quite a bit, didn't he? Well, I remember another tangent when the Van Gaal took over at Man United. They started the the opening game against Swansea. Yeah, the back four of Jesse Lingard, at right back, uh, wow. McNair, Tyler Blackett. And some just a man at left, but probably Ashley Young at left back. He was like just trying to. Well, I guess like he'd been at Ajax, hadn't he? In that model of bringing through, and which obviously Man United have done as well of trying to bring yeah. through young players. He he was trying to do that, but I mean, a bit too much, wasn't he? He brought Donald Love on against us, remember? Yeah, when we beat them, when he beat uh, when we beat them two one, when um, Kazri and Cornet scored, Donald Love came on as Donald son. Love made two appearances for Manchester United. If anyone knows the other one, tweet us. Because I know it, and oh. you will get a prize. What all the prize? Be? Kind of Stella. I, kind of, I was going to say kind of Stella. Oh, great! Lovely mention for for Donald Love, who again may have played in this <laughs> game. Actually, his own goal against <laughs> Liverpool. <laughs> oh yeah, really funny. <laughs> love him as well. He's having a right old time since he left us. Bless him. Um, but we get like again, everyone's buzzing when we beat Wolves, and it just shows this. You know, we spoke about one theme being the human side of the players, but. Another thing that really shines through is it doesn't take much to win the fans over. Just if the players work hard and you're winning games at home and not doing the bare minimum, that's like that's making it a bit simplistic. But if you just give us a little bit of shout about now and again, like, fucking hell, we're not. Everyone goes on about Sun. Oh, Sunland, the fans are impossible. Expectation. Like, it's, it's bullshit because like, let's look at the like, exactly look at this documentary. Look at how hope the hope in the supporters' eyes and their voice and I know again like it's easy to play on the emotion that and the the passion that Sunland fans bring. And you know, let's say the same for like them lot up the road as well. We are passionate about our football in the northeast, but. Everyone's saying, oh, they're really difficult. They've got expectations. Do we fuck? No, like, we were buzzing to get the Checker Trade Trophy Wait. final recently. That whole thing, oh, the fans are impossible, the demands are stupid. No, we just, like, we expect not to, like, not to go whole calendar year without winning at home. Yeah. Maybe that's not so unrealistic to, right. to think. It's. But then when we do win at home, it's that, like we've won the fucking what, cup. What about that game against Fulham the other day when, when we were talking about it? And. I went. We, I went to town after that game because yeah. we beat Fulham at home because you hadn't won for a year. All you need, we won seven games that season in the championship season, or seven or eight games. Mm. And after the last victory, which was irrelevant, everyone's like going on as if we'd stayed up. And well, everyone like after that game, you were like, "Oh well, some young lads played there, some players who might stay, new owners coming in." I'll be all right. Like let's let's just enjoy the last day of the season. Like you need, need a bit. If you're listening to this and you 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 go on about like the fans being impossible and it's the demands are ridiculous and it's impossible to succeed at Sunderland. It's bollocks. Yeah. I don't buy into it for a second. Well, let's let's take it back a bit further. Let's remember the fifteen point season. 
Uh, remember when we beat Fulham at home on what turned out was the rearranged game that was abandoned because of the freak snow. Yeah. We won Fulham two. Was their manager? Was oh, <laughs> great! Even better, even better. We beat them two one at home. I remember Justin Hoyce walking along the east stand, shaking hands with everyone. Yeah, yeah. We were like everyone was like oddly emotional. Niall Quinn took the Drummerville Consortium to that game, being like, and he Niall Quinn says. Look, this is them just because they've finally won at home this season. Imagine if we actually did something. And that when exactly what you say, Matthew, when anyone goes on about us being impossible, we're not. We just not. want something to shout about now and again. And we expect them to play for the shirt, don't we? We just don't expect to be we just don't want the piss taken out of us because it's happened too many times and it fucking continues to happen. Yeah. We just we all we, we expect and it's a cliche, we expect people to want to be here and this has all been oh well you can't just like them because they want to be here no it goes a long way like the, the, the that championship team people like them yeah. because they cared and well, the elements of them elements at least of them like Coleman's held fairly in decent regard isn't he despite yeah. being the one who was there when we were relegated, we were relegated to league relegated one relegated to league one like we just don't exp- you don't take the piss out of us, yeah. and then because if be you honest, do, because yeah. if you do, then then it will be impossible, and because and we'll rightly will turn on you. And you're seeing that with the current ownership that we feel like we've been duped and yeah. things well, well, haven't been transparent and things you know haven't been what they seem, and we're getting a little you know once we look beyond the surface of you know having pints in like pubs before away games yeah, it's not all, all all as it seems is it it's a it's a it's a facade and just be honest with us don't take the piss do your job as you should be hmm? and you'll do all right here you'll be fine and it seems like as, as we get to the end of that episode and it fades to black if everything seems like it's going to be all right well and <laughs> it wasn't was it matthew no it wasn't no um no, <laughs> well, you, you'll see for yourself. Well, you've already seen for yourselves what yeah. happened last season. Um, it, it when we do come back, God knows where we're going to be, and yeah. it, it's all like we're so weird, aren't we? Like, yeah, we're really strange. We've got these moments, like these incredible highs. And the had the not there would not be highs for any other no, no. for any other football club, but the, the things, the the way things have gone in in recent seasons, you've got weird moments of like Wolves been the only like we were the only team that Wolves didn't beat yeah. that season. They didn't even score against us that season. Getting to the Czech yeah, trade final and losing and getting beat on penalties and yeah. cattle moments in the penalty, like losing in the last kick of the game in in the playoff final to Charlton again. Yeah. But then, and we're, we're crap now. We're rubbish now. We're worse than we were last season. Yeah. That the last game we had before time stopped was Bristol Rovers away, which was arguably the worst performance the club have ever put in in any professional game ever. And there were twelve hundred people went down on a Tuesday night. Yeah. The club's now at its lowest ebb. Like it is, yeah. and this is a very depressing end. To, to what's been quite a funny podcast but it's not impossible like, it's not an impossible task to succeed here Phil Parkinson to an element has proved it he just needed like take things by the scruff of the neck you, you, you tiptoe around stuff people are going to hate you 
people are not going to, it's not going to work. He did it for a while, Parkinson, whether he got lucky or what for the after no, Christmas. I think, I think you're right. He, he took a bite of the scruff of the neck and I guess Parkinson, we've never faulted Parkinson as a person because no. exactly what we said. He's, he's, friend, he's, he's Well, he is our best friend as well, like, aside from that. But he's always been honest. Mm-hmm. He's never bullshitted the fans in any way. He realises the enormity of the job and <laughs> it just kind of shows that we're no further on from where this season one of this documentary ends yeah. to where we are now. And we're well, just in this perpetual state of hoping it'll be all right, aren't we? Yeah, and like when it look when it does when football does come back because it will in in a, a month, two months, three months, whenever it comes back, like we all we need is is what we've seen from from the squad last season for for various elements of it. I don't know what happened this season. Yeah. We just it's not hard. Like we don't ask for a lot, and yeah. again, this is going back to the whole oh, it's impossible thing. We don't ask for a lot. We ask that you come. And you do your fucking job, and you do it properly. And I think that's because of the of the history of the region, the history of the the club, the history. It's built on people going and doing their fucking job yeah. properly. Yeah. So if you're gonna come to Sunderland, if you're listening to this, <laughs> if you're listening to this, if you're gonna come, Jamie O'Hara, Billy Ricky manager, who's just been on the television, yeah. come and do your job properly. And you'll be loved forever. Yeah. You don't even have to do it well. That's the perfect thing this documentary advertises. Like, if anything else, the supporters, if you do all that, they're, they're just waiting for someone. Some they're friends. waiting for someone to just lift the club back up. It's all, again, this is a cliche, all the infrastructure's there, blah, blah, blah. But I don't mean in terms of that. I mean, the supporters just want someone to believe in. Take us back to the Premier League, there'll be a statue of you outside the stadium. And that's not an exaggeration. Like, there'll be a stand named after you. There'll be beers named after you. Just come and do it. Somebody do it. Because it needs doing. And it needs doing whenever coronavirus goes away. (laughs) I couldn't think of a more perfect way to end it, Matthew. Um, We'll be back after this with more specials there in the pipeline, yet to be announced, but we have them coming don't you worry. Go back and relive Sunderland Till I Die season one. Relive the banter pod as well. And relive the banter pod. And any other pods, actually. Like, you might as well go through the back catalogue, you know. I don't know, can you think of a good one after a good game? What was a good What was a good uh, pod? The, listen, me and Craig did a checker trade one where we didn't know anything. Yes. So listen to that, because that's really funny. We nice. didn't know any of the games we played, any of the scorers. Uh, listen yeah. to that definitely go back and listen to that actually go and listen to the reaction pod after Accrington Stanley oh, so that's February February last year whenever that was um, fe- yeah you gotta look up the date when we drew 2-2 with Accrington it's that one that- put it on shuffle can you put the, can you put podcasts on shuffle don't know Spotify can you put it on shuffle <laughs> well let's find out but we will be back with more like I say the content never stops we want to try and you know, provide you with a bit of entertainment and it's something for us to do as well. There's going to be some specials coming, isn't there, Matthew? Um, again, we're yeah. not going to announce oh, them sure. just yet. Yes. Oh, sure, sure. I feel sorry for Becky, mate. She must be sick. I know, she must. We should probably wrap this up, but more episodes coming. Thanks for listening to this. Go back and watch Sunderland to Die season one and then season two will be with you very soon as well. Soon emoji, soon emoji indeed. Thanks for listening. Oh, yeah.